0: Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek installment of Bullet Points. And here's the question we'll be pondering together this week. Are we all overstimulated and is it doing us harm? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. So that's one way of putting it right, that we're so overstimulated that there must be some sort of catch, a penalty for being entertained slash mentally occupied 24-7. And I think we only need to look at the impact our phones have had on us to see that we are constantly engaging with something, whether that's mindless scrolling on social media or a sort of listless casual observation of 30-second clips that's somehow easier to consume than a TV show or a film. And I was thinking about this this morning because when I get up, this is roughly how my day will go, certainly how my day will start. So I usually wake up a few minutes before my alarm goes off and my alarm is on my phone and my phone is in the office, so it's in another room. And that's by design because this forces me up and out of bed rather than snoozing it on my bedside table, which <laughs> doesn't work. It really doesn't work. And it's also actually a really good measure of how tired I am. So if I hear the alarm as soon as it goes off, or if I do indeed, as I said, wake up a few minutes before it goes off, I have quite a good body clock in that way. Then I know I'm ready to go. I know, okay, I've got enough sleep. And that doesn't really take a lot of processing. My I, my brain and my body just go, yep, we're rested, it's good. But if it's taken a bit longer than usual to get to it, if I've been hearing it, but in my sleep, or if I'm aware that, oh, actually, that's probably been going off about 20 seconds, 30 seconds, then I know I probably need to sort of enter the day at a slightly slower pace maybe i need to ease myself into my morning rather than jumping in head first but the phone is at the core of it all but once i'm up i am up and i collect my phone from the office and head to the kitchen where i slip an nmn lozenge under my tongue switch on my grind coffee machine and brew an espresso and whilst i sip that first delicious coffee of the day I have probably already opened up Instagram to see what messages have appeared overnight and to watch what is always served to me as soon as I open Instagram first thing in the morning, which, which is the previous night's clips from Watch What Happens Live on Bravo with Andy Cohen. So I'll obviously watch that. And I will have no doubt looked at flow to remind myself what day of my cycle I'm on. I will have also opened up YouTube within seconds of that to see what workout I'll be doing that morning if I'm working out. And I'll also probably check the weather app to see, to sort of start thinking about what I might wear. (laughs) That day, is it t-shirt weather or do I need a sweater? But Once I finish my coffee. I put everything on do not disturb and using the stopwatch I meditate for 20 minutes. Then a little while later, I'll input my weight into my fitness pal, and I do this every day, and at the end of the week, I put the lowest weight into a spreadsheet so I can watch the trend over time. But that's just to give you a sense. So when you really look at it, I've delegated brain space, so much of my brain space, to my phone. So rather than holding on to tons of information, I've let my phone do a lot of thinking for me. I don't hold on to the information about where I am in my cycle. I just know that Flo's got it i don't um think even though i plan my sunday on sunday evenings i plan my week i actually go to youtube and i decide on the three to four workouts i depending on what my diary is doing i'm like where do i have free mornings where i know i can get a workout in and it's usually three to four mornings in the weekday and then the weekend is something to play for that i'll play i'll think about at the weekend but I will go to those YouTube videos. I will take the URL and I will paste it into a diary alert, because that way it's kind of it's pre-programmed. But even the next morning, I probably still check my diary. I'm like, what am I doing today? I kind of forgotten, and I'll check the weather app. I don't remember what the weather is because I always have to check the app. I probably check the app. The weather up three times a day. If I notice that the light's suddenly gone dim, I don't look at the window and think, "Oh, is it about to rain?" Do you think <laughs> I check the app to see if rain is imminent. It's so silly. All of this stuff, all of this brain space, has been delegated to our phone. We're not holding on to it. We are letting something else do it for us. But it does beg the question: When you look at it, what what have I freed up? What have, what am I using the space that I freed up in my brain for? because honestly i'm worried that i'm just filling it up with fluff scrolling through videos of people making fake big mac turkey tacos i am this close to trying it people i am this close to trying it whether it's or, or somebody else styling up a pair of Abercrombie trousers five ways with affordable high street mm-hmm. items or watching clips of films that are currently in the cinema i saw more of barbie on tiktok than any trailer of any film in but before I saw so much of it i I see so much without realizing i 'm seeing so much and what I do know is that I no longer have the capacity to watch a TV show or a film without seeking distraction unless i 'm in the cinema because I simply cannot be 100% engaged in something. I am no longer enthralled because there's always that temptation that the phone is going to have something more exciting for me and it's just a click away. And I have to be honest, more than once I've paused what I'm watching on TV because something on my phone has caught my attention. I've had half my attention on my phone, half my attention on the TV and the phone has won. And so I've paused the television I actually haven't watched a TV show properly in ages and even my beloved reality TV I'm finding really hard to engage with because so much of it is so boring but that's a whole other op-ed about what the pandemic did to reality TV and we'll come to that another time maybe I'll start a whole other podcast about that but anyway I've realized that I'm not allowing myself to be bored and dear listener I'm not sure that's a good thing. And I know we've spoken about instant gratification a number of times recently on the show, but the fact there's simply no weight between wanting to know something and satisfying one's curiosity and finding out that information is just such a shame. You don't need to have been following me or listening to me for that long to know that I'm a big fan of skims. I'm a fan of skims. I was a reluctant fan of skims because I didn't, I, I sort of was half expecting it to be something with Kim Kardashian's name on, but. That perhaps wouldn't be the greatest quality. It was more label over substance. But my goodness, the quality is fantastic. Every single thing that I've bought has been absolutely amazing. And when I buy Skims directly from the website, that means I have to wait a week before it arrives. In fact, my hack, if you would like a hack from me, is if you are in the UK and you are ordering from Skims because you can't get it from any of the UK-based retailers, then the trick is to order it at the week in the week. Because if you order it on the weekend, as I tend to do, then you essentially will not get it the week after, but the week after that. So um, order it on a weekday rather than a weekend. And it does um, trim that delivery time. So that's just my little hack for you. And it's the most maddening and frustrating and infuriating wait because I'm so used to next day or even same day delivery. And I've stopped appreciating anticipation and this is ridiculous, and I know, and I know, I'm painting a really ugly, consumerist picture of myself. But this is just the reality of it. Okay, I was having a really bad day the other the other week. Well, I just had a very busy and a very long week, and I got home on a Friday evening, and I sort of flopped onto my bed, and I felt shattered. And I was texting Lindsay Kelk, and we were commiserating over whatever it was that we felt that we were going through that day, whilst also realizing that we've got it pretty good. And I was saying to her, I'm on the Free People app. And five minutes later, I said, oh, Lindsay, I just bagged a bargain. This is the bomb that I needed. And I am just going to say that getting a £70 activewear onesie, although let's just call it what it really is, it's a unitard for £24, made me feel pretty damn fantastic. Now, I didn't necessarily need an activewear unitard. But in that moment, because of the reduction, because it was so reduced. I was ecstatic. I felt like, oh, this is my win for the day. Like today's been quite challenging. This week has been a bit of a challenge. That's my win. And I felt as though I'd beaten the system to get something for more than 50% off. But because it was being shipped from the West Coast, it took 10 days, 10 long days. And listener, during that time, I think I might have forgotten that the onesie slash unitard was even on its way. Even before it had arrived, the high of buying it had passed and I was on to the next thing. Now I'm not a monster, or I try not to be. I see what's happening here and I'm mindful not to be that much of a consumer. But it's an observation based on a time I remember when to buy clothes you'd go out for the day and try on tons of options in lots of different shops. I used to love going shopping with my mum on the weekend when I was at school. You'd wear things you were happy to tear on and tear off um, because you'd be in changing in and out of changing rooms all day and there'd be those great shopping days where the first shop you'd go into you'd find something fantastic and the second shop you'd go into you'd find something fantastic and my mother and I as you can probably tell love a sale by and you'd work your way down the high street picking up something in every store and you'd have your favourite stores that you'd get really excited about and you would just love exploring touching clothes and going through the rails and nothing nothing was more disappointing than going into the local town on a saturday for a day of trying on and coming home empty-handed because nothing was quite right you just felt really flat and disappointed and again that's just the cons- the consumerist that i was at the time that was just the sort of tone of it and it has changed to something that is far more instantly gratifying and it's just another example of how we've gone from wanting or needing to getting with zero friction I wanted a balm because I'd had. I, I felt as though I had had a week where I just wanted something to make me feel good, and I'm not a drinker. I don't take recreational drugs. I buy unitards online in the sale. That's my. That's. My <laughs> that's who I am, and I, I make no apologies for it. I've got a funny pain in my side, I open an app and see whether I'm ovulating, whether the pain makes sense. Uh, All of those sorts of things, they're just there at our fingertips. There's just no boredom, there's just no wondering anymore. But also very little not getting what you want. And I just, I'm going to say, it. I think boredom is actually a pretty wonderful thing. I'm no Star Wars fan, because I was born in 1977. Star Wars came out in 1977. And the best thing that happened to my brother in in 1977 was Star Wars. But I suspect George Lucas was able to create something as multi-layered, complex, intricate, and interesting because one day he got bored and his brain had the time and space to come up with a galaxy far, far away. Or Steven Spielberg and Jaws. Okay, admittedly, that wasn't his idea, but the, okay, the author of Jaws, and I have to admit I've completely forgotten, but anyway, that's not the point, um... The idea would get, would have come out would have come from somebody staring out at the sea, thinking. Oh, imagine if there was a killer great white shark. He was just a vengeful piece of crap who tormented this town. People get, getting bored is a good thing. Getting bored is where creativity and imagination sparks and fires up, and that's what I'm. Um, I'm worried that we're going to start losing out on. I'm trying really hard at the moment to not be overstimulated at bedtime because I find comfort in having a TV show or a podcast on. So I'll put on my sleep mask, turn off all the lights, etc. But I'll still be listening to something, whether it's, like I said, a TV show, something familiar often, or uh, a podcast with the voices of people who I like being around. And this is my equivalent of sleeping with the light on. But I know it's not the best for me, and I am trying to stamp it out. Because the truth is that the quiet time when I'm not engaged with something is when I get good ideas or I think about the people I haven't seen for a while and I make the effort to get in touch with them. I feel as though my mind is always occupied, but it's always occupied with things that I'm zoomed in on. I'm focusing almost solely on what's in front of me, good and bad, on what's happening right now. And it puts way too much focus on what's happening immediately. And I'm beginning to worry and wonder Whether it means that we, or I, definitely am missing the bigger picture. So I'm going to embrace being bored. I'm going to allow myself to think, what on earth should I do today, the next time I have a free weekend, and just see what happens. Now, I'll probably start reorganising my Tupperware, or having a wardrobe clear up, but what's wrong with that? I might also write a letter, send an email, or a message to someone I haven't seen in a while And I think that's something that will do me good because I don't want to miss out on the bigger picture. I don't want to be so focused on what's happening in front of me that I, it's something that somebody said to me a few years ago is like, it's only a big deal if you make it a big deal. And I sometimes think that this focus that we have on what's right in front of us all the time means that we make things that shouldn't be big, big, that we worry about things that we shouldn't necessarily worry about, that we get upset about things that aren't worth our distress and that we maybe get too happy about things that really don't require that much or don't deserve that much joy and that we're sort of, I don't know, changing our... It's almost like somebody who eats too much salt and then can't appreciate food. It's almost like this uh, can't uh, can't appreciate flavour, not appreciate food, but can't appreciate the flavour of something because they have to add salt to it. I worry that by not being bored, we have oversalted our food, i.e., our life, and we're not therefore enjoying nuance or the different things in life. We're just sort of constantly adding salt to it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to pull that. Uh, salt analogy out but hey let, let's let's um let's talk about it in the Facebook group because as I land this week's musing I have to ask you when was the last time you were bored when was the last time you weren't doing even if that doing was being attached to your phone somehow when was the last time your mind was allowed to wander about something that wasn't directly in front of you I would be so curious to know and do you embrace being bored or has it become that thing that we've almost demonised in the way that being bored means that you're not trying or daydreaming means that you're somehow, I don't know, a bit woolly-headed? I think daydreaming is flipping fantastic. Some of my best daydreams, um, well, there's the daydreaming about being a backing singer with Guns and Roses when I was a kid that I leaned on heavily. I've just been listening to a My So Called Life rewatch podcast because that show ignited daydreaming in me because of the characters of Angela Chase and Jordan Catalano and Ray-Ann Graff and Brian Krakow and uh, Ricky Vasquez. That show gave me excellent foundation for my own daydreaming. As much as I loved that series, there was so much that I played out in my own mind about what I wanted to happen to those characters so I love a daydream. I'm all for it, but I can't think of the last time I really let myself lean into a daydream, just a proper fantasy. So I'm gonna try I'm gonna try allowing myself some space for that. And I wonder if that might be something you'd like to try too. So that's everything for bullet points this week. I will be posting about this in the Facebook group, and I would love to hear from you about Boredom, overstimulation, daydreaming, let me know. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for commenting on posts, for subscribing and spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it so, so much. I shall see you on the next one.